Welcome back to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber, your spiritual lifestyle experts. Thank you for being with us. You know, love isn't just a feeling, it's an action. And I'll tell you something, um, when you are genuinely in love with your partner, it shows up every single day in your heart. And every single day in my heart, I notice there will be there will be little things that Keith will do, little things he'll say. <laughs> He's over here doing this little twinkle in his face. There's also times when I could punch his nuts out or his, his <laughs> oh, excuse me. <laughs> Sorry. However, you know, those, Freudian they, slip there, well, huh? those, those things happen, <laughs> but mostly what happens is there's, there's moments where he says something or does something, and I will notice in that moment that my heart just dances. And I just, I just remember in that moment, this happens every single day. I remember, Me too. I remember in that moment, God, I love this man. We are very fortunate. And I tell him, I tell him in that moment, that moment when it's not just rote, I love you, honey. Thanks, dear. Another day, I love you, honey. Yeah, I love you, honey. Thanks, dear. Which is maybe better than not saying it, but it's not near as good as it being alive in you. This is like, you know, right now I really notice how much I'm in love with you. And sometimes it's, you know what you just said? Geez, that just really endears me. Or what you just, you know, you can watch him playing with the kitties in a way that is so loving that you just go, God, I just, I just really love you. And you say it with such heart that the other person just goes, oh, and you know, they don't have to say I love you back because maybe that isn't their moment. Maybe their moment happens later. Maybe it's your turn to give the gift. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be that that it comes out of you like that and then they respond so you don't have to have hurt feeling. Well, don't you love me? You know, if you guys are doing this rich enough, often enough, spontaneous and true enough, it just come and it'll it will come. Every day, all the time, and you share it in those moments when it's real and deep. Sometimes Keith just looks at me and says, where did that come from? And I'll say, my heart. I mean, what else is there to say after that? Melt zone. (laughs) So endearment is the core of this. And take a look. You know, somebody could be paying, you know, busting their hump and bringing home a consistent paycheck. And that is very endearing, especially if you're eating off of it. And on the other hand, you know, another person could be taking care of the home, taking care of the kids. They've been sick. Uh, they've been aspiring and learning how to be a better person or whatnot. All these things are endearing. And, and uh, so part of the thing is taking time to appreciate it. As you get closer and closer and, and uh, aspiring further and further in your fineness of, of quality of soul, it gets more endearing to be around that person. How about, geez, honey, there is nobody on this earth in the universe that I would rather be with than you from the bottom of your heart. And it's the truth. Imagine the kind of foundation that that is for a relationship. Pretty cool, huh? There's nobody I would rather be with than you. On any level, anywhere. You know, I've counseled hundreds and hundreds of people and marriages and that kind of thing. And um, in, in one way, we're all very different. But in another way, we're all not much different from each other. And 
you know, if life and God and all that pulls you and somebody else together, a lot of times if you'll simply give it the benefit of the doubt, don't look at all the negative things, get mature, keep looking at the positive that they bring, you can find out that you you got one of the best people you could ever get for yourself, but you'll have to manage all these little ego things about yourself and your little snide parts and keep um, amplifying on the positive. We're talking realistic, not just you're making them something that they are, but you keep dwelling on their positive and minimizing their negative and trying to work out where there's a problem as well as doing your side of it. And you know what? You get to first base. And you keep going and you get to where you put the whole thing together. You're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmy Amber. We are your spiritual lifestyle experts. Today we're talking about how to create a great marriage. It's working, but boy, is it worth it. We do this Monday, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Fridays, and Saturdays right here on our favorite CRN. We do it at 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern. If you'd like to call in for a reading tonight, one 800 Two five. Thank you, dear. That's helpful. <laughs> One of the greatest gifts we can give our partner is our focused attention. Boy, I'll tell you, that's really the truth. We have to number one be respectful of their time and whatever is you know moving them, to, moving them in their flow. And we also want to remember that focused attention is really useful. Therefore, your wife says. You know, dear, I wanted to tell you something, and your head's in a book. Okay, honey, go ahead, but your head doesn't leave the book. (laughs) No, no, I can do two things at once. Oh, sure. (laughs) That sounds vaguely familiar. He's been doing a lot of reading lately. <laughs> so, why did that? Why did that example come to mind? <laughs> so when when the spouse says, "I'd like to talk to you," you put the book down, the bill down, whatever, the TV down, whatever, the game down, the newspaper, whatever you're doing, you give her or him five minutes of your time, focus time. You really hear them. You know how loving that is. You know, that simple act is, you know, I care about you a lot, and I respect you a lot, and I'm interested in giving you some of my time, so here I am, undivided, I'm yours. You know, this is tremendously valuable for you with your spouse, and, and you, you know, sometimes somebody wants too much of your attention, and, and you know, we're not talking over-giving or over-splitting yourself because somebody just wants to feed off of you, but we're talking... You know, these people in your life that I'm about to say deserve a certain amount of respect and a certain amount of your undivided attention per day or situation. One is your spouse, probably the most of any, but pets sometimes really could use that. And if you give the pet a certain amount of attention, they're just fine. If you don't, you have a problem and a problem and a problem and a problem. Oftentimes, children, they need their quota of undivided attention or they start getting the attention of things that aren't so good for them, or just, you know, we don't know who's raising our children anymore, and that's a dangerous thing, and that's happening all too much. Friends, co-workers. So, you know, of, of all this, the spouse and the children are the most sacred children, or uh, pets right along with their friends, co-workers are after that too. 
And it's, it's a nutrient. It's a valuable thing. It's a stabilizer. It's a unifier. And we need to do it. And a lot of times I'm right in the middle of something and Charmé or somebody needs my attention and I have this little argument. I go, you know, they're all excited about this. This is a crucial time for them. How important is this second for me and what I'm doing? Most of the time that makes me get up and go immediately go and, you know, deal with what they are interested in sharing. And I find out by and large, almost always it's really well worth it. That's loving and selfless. And we all need our own time also. So it's a balance. Right. You know, your partner cannot rescue you from unhappiness. Boy, said ever the truth. But they can help you to rescue yourself. You know, when we're in a relationship, first of all, don't ever marry somebody with the the idea, you know, I'm going to change them. (laughs) That is so the wrong thing to do. That's the old recipe for a bummer. Yeah, the other side of it is don't marry somebody that you think they're going to save you either. You know, well, I'll marry him and he'll make it all better financially, you know, know, sexually, whatever. (laughs) This is, you know... It is not the job of anybody else to make you whole. It is our own job to make us whole, and then we contribute to a marriage wholeness, much more fulfilling than any kind of dependency, and there's a lot of that going around. You don't even have a comment on that one? Oh, you're going to love this one, dear. Your opinion is not the truth. The truth is the truth. Your opinion might coincide. It might. And how often do we say, well, you're not right about that. I'm right. No, you're not right. I'm right. Well, that's a great place to land in. Now you got two people on opposing sides and two egos standing staunchly on the opposing sides. How about that, you know... How can anybody say that my truth is right over your truth when truth lives on a spiral? Have you ever noticed when you go around a spiral, each level is a little bit higher or a little bit lower depending on what direction you're going? So you've got a truth on one level. You go around that spiral, you come back to the same place, you're at a different place. You're either above or below that same truth, so it's it's now modified. How did it get modified? modified? You changed. I remember Leviticus. The uh, ethereal guide who channeled through my ex-husband and spent many an hour getting myself into shape to be here with you folks today. And he would say, how do you know that's your truth today? And I would look at it. What do you mean? You had a major transformation last night. Yeah. Well, that means everything is different. And it was sort of like this coaching, like you have to newly look at all of all of your beliefs Every day, newly, as you keep transforming, because as you transform, everything changes. So why would, you know, truth is the same thing. It keeps evolving. You know, God has set up the entire universe to continue evolving, so everything changes. So that's sort of a rough spot for religions who want you to buy their dogma from here to, you know, from here to forever. Because everything keeps evolving and changing. How can it be any other way when God has set us up for evolving? So this, your opinion is not the truth, is 
Pretty right on. You're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmy Amber, your spiritual lifestyle experts, talking today about how to create a great marriage. You can catch us Monday, Tuesday, Wednesdays. <laughs> what are you doing over there? Monday, Tuesday, Wednesdays, Fridays, and Saturdays, 7 p.m. Pacific. What are you laughing at? 10 p.m. Eastern right here on CRN. I was just thinking, you know, you're in a relationship. What's the subject you're on there, Charmy? Your opinion is not the truth. So if you're always right, it's gonna, you might find out it's easy to get left. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's it's true, isn't it? If you're always right, got to be right, then you might find it's easy to be left. Yeah, you know, this all, you know, your opinion is not the truth. You know, this thinking that you're always the one that's right, that's pure ego stuff. And, you know, let's go back to that room. Let's go back to the room during World War II where there's ten people stuck in a room for two years. Then your opinion is not always the truth. You know, your opinion isn't very useful then, is it? What's useful is how do ten people get along without going insane, without risking their lives by alerting anybody else that we're here and keep sanity here. How do we do that? Well, it sure isn't about pushing your truth or pushing that you're right. It's about how do we change ourselves in a way that we can blend to keep all of us alive for another day. That's a whole different reality. What if we all started living from that reality here today and start changing ourselves on that level you know in this day and age um in our affluent society we have a problem that's running out of hand where it's all about the kids you know a good piece of the society is going it's all about the kids serve the kids and everything like that what that does to most the kids is it trains them that they don't have to have regard for anyone else things are easy everything should go the way their whims are and it, uh, the, they begin to be very ill-prepared to, to deal with life. It's so, really true. When you let a kid think that their whim is yeah, their the command. Yeah, parents are here to, Boy, to what a disservice. bow and scrape to whatever I'll the tell kids you, want. When they get out into the world, it is going to be one rude awakening. Well, let's say you get a million kids that have been raised this way. They're all going to be fighting each other. We had this uh, this dad who, you know, we used to own a shop here in town, and this dad would come in with his brand new baby, and for the first year, while he held the baby, he let the baby touch anything in the shop he wanted. This is a crystal shop where everything is fragile and breakable, and that baby learned that he had at his beck and control anything in that shop was his to have and to touch. And the dad said, well, I don't want to have my child have any stress in his life. I was raised with stress, so I want my child to be raised without any stress. And I made this comment to him one day. I said, great idea. Then when he gets 18 and goes out into the world, he'll be really equipped for it. But it went right over his head. (laughs) Well, about two years into this, the kid's now walking. He walks into the shop. Now he's in, what do they call it, the terrible twos? that are already a challenging time, and this kid has been conditioned for two years by his dad to believe that he can go in and touch anything he wants. And he can do no wrong. Without any regard for anything else. And his mother now, his dad's nowhere to be found. His mother says, let's get out of here because she can't control him. Right. And because she knows that she's going to pay for what he breaks. So they trained him as if he could do no good. No wrong. No no barriers, no boundaries, no practicality. And so 
this kid is a terror. He is. He's going out into the world thinking that the world is his to have anytime he wants. Utterly selfish. In our next segment, we're going to have a little uh, saying with uh, Barry Bonds. Ah, that's right. So one final comment on marriage. Marriage is not a 50-50 proposition. It is a hundred hundred proposition. Isn't that good? Yes, That's you must great. you must give all if you expect to have a good marriage, you must give all. And keep in mind that the only thing that you can take when you die is how you have transformed your soul. You can't take your money, can't take your house, you can't, can't take, take your honey, can't take your titles. All you can take is what you've done with your soul. So if you're giving it a hundred percent, you're serving your soul best. You're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber, your spiritual lifestyle experts, talking about Barry Bonds when we come back. Stay with us. We'll be right back. 